People have told stories of the strange and supernatural for centuries. Tales of the restless dead return to haunt the living. Whispers of damned souls doing the devil's bidding on earth. Rumors of inhuman things that still hunt the old forests, untouched by the glare of modern life. There may be more to these stories than you could ever imagine. Join us tonight as we delve into the deeper truth inside these mysteries. Hello and welcome to another episode. Uh, obviously, I am your host, Riff Raff. Uh, hello, how the devil are you all? And I'm your co-host, Andy Macker. And uh, obviously, we've been away for a week or so because uh, Andy managed to... Um, <laughs> Fall over a tree branch, didn't you? As in your words, Lee, I was playing hopscotch. Yeah, indeed. With a tree stump, and I fade the tree stump one. So, out of action, back's fucked, innit? Yes, just for a while. Hopefully, another week or so should be back into action. Yeah, so uh, that's why we've been away. Obviously, this show will be going out on a new podcast host, which is Audio Boom. Again, it shouldn't really affect your listening pleasure. You should just get this as normal, but um, just, just in case you wanted to know. Uh, we're switching hosts, so that might that might affect things. Obviously, if there's any issues, you need to let us know. It's yep. supernaturalpod at gmail.com. Uh, and obviously, you know, it really helps us. Just a um, little bit of housekeeping before we start. Um, I've got a story from a listener, Reese, uh, about UFO story, which I'm going to do on the next episode. Because uh, I think that's going to be more... More... Inc- yeah. you know, more st- to ideal. Do with the, yeah. To do with next week's show. Um today we're going to be looking at UK Bigfoots again yep because uh, we had Deborah on uh, and she sort of stoked the fire didn't she so we've had a little bit of a look around and we found a few amusing stories from the UK uh, and favourite field basically Europe uh, yeah. as well so uh, well, that's what we're going to cover today but Chelsea one of our listeners Chelsea she got in touch with me the other day she had a doppelganger episode uh, and basically what happened is here her husband and her sister and and the the little boy were up. Her little boy were going shopping. Ooh. Anyway, the sister wanted to use the toilet, so they pulled over, like at a restaurant or whatever. Sister goes running inside to use the toilet, and they they actually positioned the car, drove around the car park, and tried to find the you know a position where she'd come out the door and see them. So they yeah. parked in front of the doors, if you like. So while they're there, anyway, after a minute or so, this this girl comes out, the sister. And uh, the little boy shouts, so you know, Auntie, Auntie, and all that. And uh, she says, just pays no attention to him. And she just carries on walking. And then Ooh. they're shouting and shouting. And then they're all shouting her. And eventually she sort of looks t- looks at him, bemused. And she said, you know, it's identical. Wearing the same clothes, the same hairstyle, sunglasses. Yep. Even had the same bemused mu- look that her sister yeah, yeah. would have. Yeah, yeah. But she just looked at him, didn't, didn't pay any attention. Anyway, Chelsea says, ah, oh, um, I'm going to have to go after her because she hadn't seen us, obviously. So, she's unbuckling her seatbelt and that, jumping out of the car. And by the time she jumped out of the car, the sister, she couldn't see her sister anymore. Ooh. So, she looks back in the car and says to them, where's she gone? And everyone just sort of looked around and say, don't know, she was there one second, gone the next. And as she's like looking around, then this, the real sister, oh, she figures, oh, I better ring her because she's obviously gone past us now. So, she gets the phone, rings the sister and, and she can hear the toilet still flushing and all the rest of it in the background. And, the sister, and she says, where are you? You've just walked past her. And she said, I'm still in the toilet. Yeah, and then obviously a few seconds later she walks out the door again. So, so this obviously this is different because everybody sees what what the thought was a sister. It, all of them saw it. All, yeah, all, so and, not just one. All of them. Saw she it. did say her and husband got a really really eerie feeling about um, the situation. Yeah, but 
because doppelgangers are said to be like an omen of death, aren't they? If, uh, if you see your own, that's that can be bad news. Um, but obviously, in this case, the rest of them saw her rather than the actual sister. So I don't know what even know what that means. But and that, that's strange because I said uh, I was telling you the one about fifteen about fifteen years ago. Um, uh, my my I, I met up with my cousin and uh, he, he he come up to me. He says, "Oh, you ignorant uh, asshole!" I said, "What are you on about?" He said, "I saw you at the pictures last week." Why wouldn't you talk to me? I said, I oh, wasn't at the pictures last week. He said, I'm telling you now, it was you. I, I said, it was you. I saw it, same same fit in my hair, hairstyle, clothes, everything. He said, that was you. I went up to you and he said, you just got up and walked off. Yeah. I went, you know, so if it was a, if it was a um, somebody who, who a mis- mistaken identity, why didn't the person say, sorry, mate, mm. you know, um, I'm not who you think you are. I, I am. I'm, I'm somebody else. I think you got the wrong person. Yeah, because you, you just they say just, yeah. they just get up and walk off. With that, with that. You surely so, just saves. Like if someone comes up to me and says, "Excuse me, are you uh, Johnny Depp?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I say, well, well, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Like he wishes. I'll, I'll say, um, well, um, it was money. Yeah, well, Mike well, depends who's asking. But I yeah. say, I say, uh, sorry, excuse me, are you uh, whatever you know, yeah. uh, Mr. Smith. I say, no, I think you've got me confused with someone else, mate. That's what you know. That's a normal reaction. But of course it is. for these. These doppelgangers, um, whether you know, if I know we have, we have a obviously lean sort of more to the supernatural, Ooh. but they sort of get up and just leave. Yeah, this um, is it. This is. I mean, it was a story. Um, it cousin, my cousin still still didn't believe me. He thought I was just ignorant. He said, "No, was he was, it was you. It was you. It's definitely you." What was that uh, security guard that you? This was very interesting. This is before I'm going back in. Uh, I was a security on the port security. Uh, I'm going back uh, early nineties, Lee, ninety one. No, no, no. Sorry, because I want my wife. So, be back ninety four, ninety five. Okay, mm. middle nineties. Before I was born. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> the, these these youngins, you know, don't know they're born. Um, anyway, uh, I was doing port security, and I was just, uh, you know, and I met many characters there, and there was one guy. I mean, I mean. Again, you know, many characters. And I only saw him about three days. But he came in as a kind of replacement because he was short on the dock. Mm. Uh, I had a night with we had a, a night duty. And I and I had a, I, in the end, I had, I had a pleasure of talking to him one night. And the stuff he came out with was just amazing. I mean, I didn't know. I mean, I, I know now. You uh, thought he was full of shit. I though, thought he was full of shit. Yeah. I thought he was a bit nutty. Because <laughs> he looked like one of the professors, you know. He's small, he had glasses and he, had, you know, he knew everything. And he thought he was one of the nutty professors. Um, but he, he used to say, he said, I've got the, because I, I say, he, he, we had a great talk and, he, and I said to him, I'm psychic, I'm a psychic medium and I've been fit since a child. And that kind of boosted the conversation up because he says, do you see these beings? Do you see them? I said, who's them? And he said, he says, it's quite strange if he goes into a, a party or goes into a room, a conference or some, uh, even a shop. He says, what? He says, I go in there and he, uh, I think it was called Charles. I think it's now, I can't remember, it's a long time ago. And uh, he says, he goes in and he can see them. He says that the, 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 they're not skulls, but he says the outline is shrunken. You know, like they're really withdrawn. They're, they're really like, they've got flesh on, but they're really drawn. There's hardly no flesh on them, but you know. And he sees these people and he says, I, I can see them. And I go in the room and he says, as soon as I clap eyes on them, they know I know. Mm. They know they know they can see out. them, yeah, yeah. He says, he's, 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 this Charles, he said, he's many times gone to a room and they've looked up, he's looked at them eye to eye and he says, 
They look, they look at him. They put the drink down. He says they're gone. Mm. They just dis- They just run out of the room. Without a they word, you know, no, no, just, saying just leave. They just leave. They're gone. Yeah, and again, that, that that's that's weird. And I yeah. never knew anything until obviously now with his doppelgangers or mm. stuff I know now. It's funny how, like you say, it ties in with the doppelgangers where they just leave. You know? They don't say anything to him. He yeah. said they just put the drink down or what they're doing or put the food down. And he said they just kind of. And I know there was that slender there, off. There was a film uh, where that guy had them glasses, and you could see. That's brilliant. yeah. That's kind of that's kind of yeah. way. That's it, I think it was called They Exist, but I've never, I'm not seeing yeah. it. But I've, it, it puts the glasses on. They see all the, the, the again. That's strange. What Charles says because yeah. that's exactly what yeah. he says. I've, he says the he said they're not actually skulls, but he said that the kind of um, zombies. Yeah. You know the, the the cheeks are drawn in and they're really skeletal. Anyway, so so obviously when when they're sussed, they know you're sussed. Yeah. yeah if anyone's got any, you know. If anyone's heard anything like that or knows a story of some, yeah. you know, something similar to that, then yeah. please let us know because you know I'd love I, to know I more what's going was, on. I, there. I thought this guy was absolutely, yeah, you know, he's on he's on drugs or whatever, or he's potty. But it, now I know he he, he spoke truth mm. and he's really, you know, I wish I could find this guy, but it's a long time. Ago, okay, so. so like I say, a little bit of housekeeping before we get into the show. I just wanted to say, obviously, it's Armed Forces Day today yeah. uh, here on you know Cleethorpe Seafront, and we have the Red Arrows. Yeah. Uh, and I, I know, can go today because we're back. Yeah, they're like a flying. Most people are familiar with the Red Arrows. Yeah, uh, they're they're like a flying display team for the RAF. Yeah. Uh, you know, do all the loop the loops and uh, hawk jets or something. Isn't it? And then I think Americans have got their own version of it. They have, they're called yeah. the Blue Something or other, aren't they? The uh, not blue barons, is it? Not the barons. It's the bluebirds. Bluebirds is bluebirds. Like yeah. Display team, but yeah. it's a similar thing. They're just as good. I mean, yeah. they are fucking fantastic. Oh aren't yeah, they? absolutely. And timing, the, one second timing. Yeah, really. and yeah. the real good thing about uh, being on Cleethorpe's Beach is sometimes they have the 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 pilot, the lead pilot, to call him Red One. Is it? And uh, he they have actually his communication mm. on loudspeakers. Yeah. So as they're flying towards each other, like whatever hundred miles an hour they do it, he'll say, "Ready, ready, ready, roll," and then they just like richly roll yeah, and, and just yeah. miss each other. But to hear him doing it as yeah. they're flying, I mean, that's amazing. Some shit in it. But yeah. um, so yeah. So obviously, I just wanted to say a, a big thank you to anybody that's associated with the military. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, because you know you do a great job and you don't get enough credit. So we just wanted to say thank you very much. And it's days like that that really bring it home of to you. It does. you know? There's a skill involved in all of this, yep. especially like they say, the, the pilots, obviously they're trained for years to do uh, that. Absolutely. But, um, fantastic. And if you get a chance to go along to one of them yeah. air shows, I, I recommend it. Yeah. It's, well, uh, you know, there's one in ours, Waddington. Waddington's a big Waddington, one, yeah. A big one, isn't it? But um, yeah, the other thing I wanted to mention is if you don't already uh, know, we, we do have a Facebook page um, and every now and again we put these polls up some of them are shit, yeah. some of them are good. Uh, a couple of polls that we had recently was, what was the worst bite you've ever suffered? Uh, and that was insect or animal. And because some of our listeners are Australian, etc., yeah. actually, insect. some of them weren't Australian, some of them are American. I forget that Americans have these bite, these spiders that bite you. Uh, so a couple of them voted, and it, it was a tie in the end between dog and spider. Ooh. Uh, was the was the bite on there, and then we obviously related to the last episode <laughs> about a month ago that we put out was the demonic possession one. So obviously the poll for that was: Do you believe after listening to that, are you more or less of a believer? Ooh. And uh, obviously the, it was the power of Christ compels you. Yes, and then still not buying it, and still not buy. At the moment, the poll ends in a couple of days. So if you don't already follow us on Facebook, join. 
do you know have a go on the vote you can want to hang out you can change yeah you can change change it at the moment it's 40 percent not uh, sorry 40 percent buying it 40 percent not buying it so only 40 percent believe in possession so i would have thought that would be actually i think that's about right Ooh, yeah yeah well, again, you know, again, there's so many stories out there of possession. I mean, what is possession? I mean, again, it's it's not really mm. told out there, is it? And I it's mean, not. I mean, don't think this group's just all about paranormal stuff. Oh, it's all about everything. We we you know, Jim, we do a lot of stuff. Jim Story he posted up a a lightning storm that happened, didn't he? Yeah, it was fan, that was crazy. I mean, crazy. Uh, you know, we don't get lightning storms like that. When was the last big like oh, years ago, wasn't it? I think last time I noticed a really massive lightning storm. I'm going back maybe '97, '98. Yeah, I ain't seen one since. We just don't get that, do no, we? We don't get no. snow. We don't get lightning storms. I mean, we're looking some. I mean, we get fucking earthquakes somehow. We've had two earthquakes emanating I've from the, it. the North Sea. And I, the, it, there's man. something uh, strange about that. Anyway, uh, that's fracking. That, that, I digress. That, that to me, that's I digress. So no, so, I think it's I think it's aliens. No, no, it's not, not aliens. Well, again, if it was aliens, mate, they'd be helping us. Not not. Uh, well, the North Sea is uh, is a strange yeah. one. Anyway, right. Just let me have a sip of this beer. Yeah, sip your beer, mate. Okay, so today we're talking about UK. Bigfoots, your well, well, no, Bigfoots outside of America, essentially, and this might be a f- two-parter because I think we've got quite a lot to cover here. So, what I wanted to start with is the the history side of things in the UK really goes back to you know paganism, this kind of stuff, where we have mentions of a green man, yep, uh, and the wood woes. Now. The wood woes himself is actually from an Anglo-Saxon uh, word, which is wood wo- uh, woodu which basically means wild man or woodman. So, are we um, talking about Bigfoot? Well, same creature, well, well, different name. Are we, that's, what, that's what we're saying. Well, the green man is more of like um, he takes on a more spiritual aspect. And if you don't know what a green man looks like, I mean, you could just could probably Google him and you come up. But he's basically it's like a tree man. He's he's the big. Man of the woods with foliage growing out of all his orifices. So uh, people decorate the gardens with him now, you know, like little Ooh. ornaments and that. But he has like you know leaves coming out of his mouth, and he is essentially a green man. So are we could we call him Treebeard out of Lord of the Rings? Then? Yeah, I and mean, he's obviously based. I would say based on him. So Treebeard is like obviously a tree, but he's obviously you know he's but, yeah he, this, he's this part of nature. This guy is is more or less that he is okay. he is like the he's more of the spiritual kind of being that you know like you might get the Native Americans talking about skinwalkers that yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. This guy is more of that sort okay. of spiritual. He's, he's more spiritual than physical. He's a he's he, he's like um, you know where where they're putting the emphasis on him is like he's the link between nature and civilization. If right, you like, okay. he's the go between you know, that is an elemental spirit kind of thing. Whereas the wood woes, like I say, is wow man. And this guy, like say, going back to the Middle Ages, where they didn't really have monkeys, you know, to, to to sort of reference. So they came, they just assumed these people were. But there's a few different sort of ideas, really, for the wild man of the woods. And one idea was that these people have just left society; they just couldn't bear like hermits. So, yeah, hermits. Okay. They could not bear society, so right. they just went into the woods. And then, because they needed the extra protection, the hair would grow. Uh, obviously, they don't know how, how it physically works, well, so they just it they, happen, but well, it won't yeah, happen. But they, they didn't know that, so they just assumed that you go in the woods and then your hair would grow and you become a, like a caveman again. Yeah, um, that was one of the ideas. One of the other ideas was that these um, people were born hairy. Now there is cases of this, you know, there where is, people yeah. are born. 
born hairy, but they just assume that these people were born hairy and then fled to the woods as an escape yeah. from society. So there's the sort of two main ideas, if you like, for what was going on. And then obviously, as we get further in time and we start finding out about cavemen and stuff like that, then it, then it b- became uh, people seeing Neanderthals. Uh, this is in Europe, medieval Europe. Yep. So people think that they're seeing Neanderthals, these ancient humans. And again, that could be more close to the truth than than me. You know. Again, like I say, the it was it was different back in the day because it seems like the, even the Romans adopted the the, the green man. Um, they didn't a lot of the stuff that the pagans were doing. They tried to quash. Yeah, but for whatever reason, they adopted these, and you can still see churches today adorned with decorations of the green man. You know, like gargoyles and yeah. that. Uh, and you know, like your, you like you know where your bosses, where the two arches meet, you get like carvings there. And again, the green man's Ooh. featured in these, so it was posted all over. There was actually a story from 1250, and this was a king. This was a Norwegian uh, king, and his son mentioned seeing a uh, seeing a, a guy. He was on like some sort of pilgrimage to find out about his kingdom or something, right. and his guards came across this fellow who'd been stalking the camp. And it turns out that when they captured him, they said he was hair covered from his fingertips to his toes, just covered in hair. Yeah. Uh, they thought he was a man, but they couldn't get him to utter a single word of Norwegian. Of course. Um, so you know, we know that he'd only, he'd only communicate in grunts Ooh. and groans. Yeah. Um, again, you know, this comes back to Bigfoot nowadays. It's what people say, but they couldn't understand what he was. But like I say, like I was saying about the, the common knowledge of this be- this beast, um, there was a ball, and it was called Baldes Adens. Okay. Yep. The ball of the burning man, and this happened in 1393. Now I just want to give you sort of uh, an idea of how how. Um, more commonly held this belief was than nowadays. Like nowadays, people, you could ask 10 people in the street tomorrow, do you believe in Bigfoot? And it, they're probably not even thought about Bigfoot in the yeah. UK. Um, but like I say, going back in Europe in them times, this this creature was seen so often Ooh. that it was just commonplace. It was yeah. like it was like just seeing a deer in the forest. Yeah. Th- these people knew it was so there. So they knew it existed. Knew it was there. And I don't know if that's, maybe it was more prevalent in them days and they've died out, or maybe they showed themselves more. Or maybe people were living close to the nature in them days, which is obviously possible because people were hunting and still hunting and gathering. Of course, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. So, still hunting, didn't and they? again, you know, a lot, a lot of Bigfoot sights even today are more, more often than not hunters or loggers and that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. So people are out in the what, which was you know, which figures. Anyway, this is the um, ball of the burning man. Okay, this happened in 1393, and it was organised by the then Queen of France. And in preparation for this great event, King Charles the uh, Sixth and five other men dressed themselves in costumes lined uh, linen uh, costumes made of linen soaked with highly flammable pitch. Okay, right. Which sounds like a daft idea, but the idea was that this pitch. Um, so it was wearing like you know like a linen-y, hempy type clothing, pitch on them, which is basically like a tar, and then they're stuck in there fibers to simulate hair so there was basically dressing up as a bigfoot right so him and his five men anyway unfortunately although no flames were allowed no flaming torch was meant to be at the event 
the king's brother came too close to the men bearing a lighted torch and tragically, as you can imagine, the men caught fire. In the panic, uh, four of the men burned to death, although the king escaped injury somehow. Because no, um, obviously everybody runs to him to put him out first. Yeah. And then the other fellas died. Like I say about the 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 woodwows and the green man depicted in churches, and uh, they got me thinking about gargoyles and stuff. And my favourite carving of in a church is the Lincoln Imp. Mm. Um, well, if you look at the gargoyle, that reminds me of the legend of the Mothman. Does it to you? Yeah, yeah, in some ways, yeah. Think so. But I mean. I don't know if our American listeners will be familiar with the Lincoln Imp. I mean, they'll probably just Google him. Yeah. But he's basically like a little impish creature. And there's a couple of stories that go along with the Imp. And actually, I didn't know it was mm. linked to Grimsby as well. Um, it said that one of the stories says well, that... He a pub there, didn't he, called the Imp? Yeah. <laughs> well, one of the stories, and my favourite story, is that the devil made these Imps and he, told, he sent them out to do mischief. And so on the way, they was looking for churches to, to really cause trouble with the people praying and stuff. And the first church I saw was the the um, Chesterfield one. Is that the one that the spire? Yeah. So the first one I saw was Chesterfield, and they went in and and went up to the spire and crooked made it crooked, mm. and it's still crooked today. I mean, you can Google pictures of it. Well, I can say that straight away. With the, the putting out the energy, just just what they're saying to you: the church is crooked. That's it. Oh yeah, <laughs> but that's, they're just saying that to you. That they, um, it's in your face. That's the first thing they did. Then they moved on and they looked for somewhere else to to cause mischief and they found Lincoln Cathedral so they went in Lincoln Cathedral and started knocking over chairs and knocking hats off the bishops and all this kind of stuff anyway at some point the angel one of the angels realised what was going on and thought he'd come and stop this so he came out the book the bible the book he came out the bible and uh, one of the imps saw him and hid under the altar right but the other imp was just busy going about mischief and didn't realise and the angel caught up with him and actually turned him to stone and that's why he's cast that's why he's turned to stone in Lincoln Cathedral. He's actually carved in there now. You can go and see him. Anyway, the angel eventually thought his work was done, went back in the book, and the other him scarpered straight out and he was looking for another church. So he's going along and along and he finds St. James Church. So he goes in there, starts causing havoc. Again the angel hears about this and he, he appears and does the same uh, makes him turn to stone but not before thrashing his ass. and apparently the imp that's carved at St. James Church still because it's still bent over being thrashed but I've not seen it have you? No I haven't seen that so one. So that's in Grimsby apparently uh, so well, that's again, the story. That, that, that'll be to me that's that's kind of some symbolism for uh, mm, well, the butchery some stuff but, what, um, what the priests and all get up with these days definitely. I, I'm not the, you know, again I'm, I, I just go with I, I love symbolism and I'd love to find out more about it. Mm. But obviously, it's there for you. It's, it's, you know, but it's, it's that kind of a bit of whipping, uh, you know, something. I'm, I'm good into that. Anyway. But definitely, if you don't, if you haven't seen the Lincoln Imp, Google it. Yeah. Just, you know, Lincoln Imp. Um, you'll see him, like, in these carved stone. Anyway, so. I've got this one. Uh, this one's called uh, The Phantom Baboon of Basingstoke. Well, again, it's, it's, your, uh, it's your idea if it's a baboon or a Bigfoot. Or some kind of a cryptid creature. Well, we just didn't have words for. No, we didn't. For just a creature. We, yeah, you know, yeah. we did have words for Bigfoot. You know, I mean, it had big feet, got a small feet. Don't matter, does it? It was just a hairy creature. Um, back in the uh, back in the eighteen forties, in a village near Basingstoke, there stood a house called the Swallows. Right, it was a substantial rural property 
right? And it had it was standing on its own with about two acres of land. The house had been standing empty for uh, for so quite for, for quite some time. Time while uh, Mr. Bishop of Tring finally bought it in eighteen forty one. Things were to kick off at the Swallows almost immediately. So obviously it's been empty. Somebody moves in, shit hits the fan, starts off and done it. Right. After being a resident for barely a fortnight, Mr. Bishop found two of his servants giving notice that they wanted to leave. Their reasons for doing so was that they claimed the house was haunted by either a big cat or a big baboon. They said they had constantly seen this peculiar creature creeping down the staircases and passageways. Even more alarmingly than that, they also said they had heard the sound of somebody being strangled. Mm. Well, what, well was it? what was it? What was kind of a noise? Is it throttling? Well, no, scre- like woman screams. I might imagine because that's what well, again you wouldn't be with the noise, would you? You wear that commonly in Bigfoot's uh, areas, you wear this woman screaming or baby crying. Yeah, because they can um, mimic sounds. Yeah, so... Obviously, it's, obviously, yeah, and so they, they mimic could sounds. Could relate to that. Could possible. Anyway, naturally, news of all this spread like wildfire throughout the village, and crowds of people descended on the house to see if they could witness anything. Uh, vigils, vigils were kept, and one night, at about midnight, several of the vigilantes were keeping watch in the courtyard when they witnessed something quite astonishing. What appeared to be in the forms of a huge cat and a baboon rose up from the closed grating of the cellar underneath the old dairy. So, anyway, it rushed past them and disappeared into a dark angle of the walls. These extraordinary creatures were also seen afterwards by other witnesses. So, it just kind of got out the grate whizzed past them, disappeared. Mm. Well, that's quick, wasn't it? That's a fast creature. Just in that room, though, they didn't... Um, presumably no one went in after it. No, <laughs> um, it just disappeared. Anyway, early in December 1841, Mr Bishop heard terrified screams accompanied by horse jabberings coming from the top of the house. He rushed to the top of the building only to be greeted by silence. Again, this noise mimicking to get a reaction to go to investigate uh, by that time understandably mr bishop had enough of the house and he put up for sale he was lucky enough to find a buyer fairly quickly a retired colonel however that gentleman was also scared out of it and he too left the property in 1842 the house seems to have been pulled down soon after that and the land was used for cottages unfortunately the haunting continued and the cottages soon became uninhabitable the cottages too was eventually demolished and the land was converted into allotments so so anyway, no one seems to have any idea what could have been behind this haunting there is some rumour that the property had previously been in the lair of a notorious highwayman hmm. um, when aren't they notorious and after he died after falling through a floor into a vat of oil well, oh dear oh dear yeah, I'm not quite sure why the baboon and the cat and the big cat fit in. Although there was some being vague speculation that they might have been his pets. Well, there's some bloody big pets. Mm, that uh, oil thing they used to do that, didn't they? they used to rob people at. Yeah, to get, but, they used to put them up in like B and B's. B and B and B's. For for a giveaway. And yeah, they used to they used to, they used to give free beer, get them, yeah. get them the you know so that pistol, could be that. and then. But again, with this, you know, and again, we're talking about 
A creature. Uh, what what year was that? 18... 1841. See, what we're doing here is we're looking at cases where they bear similarity to... Most most people listening, um, most listeners listening now will have listened to Bigfoot uh, sightings, this kind of stuff. And how these stories relate to what people hear today. So again, you've got banging on the house, this kind of stuff. This happens so often and people who don't have Bigfoot, don't recognise Bigfoot immediately, they sometimes think their house is haunted yep. because things are moving, things, you know, bangs at night and all the rest of it, uh, this kind of stuff. So I've got one here that happened in 1890. So this gives you some idea of just how long this has been going on for. Uh, and this happened in a little town called Bakewell, which is in Derby. Uh, Peak District, a nice little mountain range, if you call it that, mountain range there, yep. hills, woods in it. Yep. And it said that this happened on a balmy spring evening on a Friday. And it happened to a, a, a group of ladies who were play, enjoying uh, the golf links there, the, the Breakwell links. And again, it doesn't name the people involved, but they have to be prominent people for, you know, women playing golf in them days, even these days is, yep. you know, Sort of unheard of, isn't it? A lot of the lot of the clubhouses don't even accept women. So these, so straight away, you know, these women were prominent people of you know, prominent residents of Bakewell. Okay, so not the sort of people who were going to go telling tales. And it even says that as they was playing golf, they see something appear in the wood line. Okay, and the they said they all stopped suddenly and stared with amazement towards the dense foliage and they all screamed in alarm, turned around and run as fast as they could down the slope. Whatever could have happened to the young ladies and their friends to forget all modesty and run screaming like fishwives down the broom. To the ladies' horror from the wood line came the appearance of an extraordinary apparition Bursting suddenly through the undergrowth came a man, or something resembling a man. His clothes, clothing, if indeed he could be regarded as clothed, was of the most meagre description, and he was the most eccentric character. His clothing consisted of tattered shirt and rags and boots right. in an ancient size that would no longer fit. So again, this could be a description of actually he was wearing boots or he had big feet. Ooh. You know, because they were saying, you know, it looked like he had boots on, looked like he had clothes on. And then it says that there was that badly fitting that he was struggling to walk in them. But again, that could be his posture, his, his, uh, his gait. You know, yeah, of course. Rather than because so, they were just thinking man, remember? Yeah, of course they are. He's not a beast. So, and from under his shaggy brows, his eyes glistened as the word being advanced with leaps and bounds in their direction. His cries were emitted the strange noise which increased the lady's terror a hundredfold. As down the slope they fled, helter-skelter, and stumbling over the broken-strewn ground, slipping, falling, and raising again, paying little heed to the scratches or bruises they received. The only idea was to get as far away from the horrid spectre as possible. It was at this point the creature, or wild man, seemed to realise the fright he was causing and pulled back his chase and plunged back to the dark depths of the of the wood line. And of course, you can imagine yeah. news of this spread around the village, okay? What do we? Yeah. So 
even the paper got hold of it and the paper was putting out headlines like wild man of the woods a real living breathing dancing wild man uh, so eventually a lot of the residents especially because this happened to women a lot of the residents got together and decided that we'd go after him so all the you know, male yeah, residents got together and apparently there was about 60 people and the blunderbusses and that went into the woods after this creature can you find it so it says it seems the butcher, the baker, and the candlestick maker all joined in. They started by spreading out and beating the woods and the countryside for miles around. But alas, no wild man was flushed or appeared. So that evening drew near of the eventful Friday. Many of the search party gave up their search for the day. And it seems that at some point, some of the more ardent spirits formed themselves into a small watch parties and equipped themselves with lights crept out over the woods throughout the nocturnal hours until the next morning. On returning, the only news they had to report was that they had seen flickering lights in the remote depths of the woods that moved about like Will-o'-the-Wisp, yep. as though the hunted wild man might be in direct contact with the devil himself. Some of the more daring youths volunteered to pursue the mysterious lights when next they should be seen. But to their great sadness, nothing tangible resulted from their quest. Ooh. Okay, so the next morning, Saturday morning, the search continues. And this is the first time the police get involved in the search. And again, they're looking for this wild man. Uh, and the guy called Superintendent Blake was sitting in his office studying some documents when a small boy comes bursting in and he's breathless and he just claps on the floor and the only words he can utter are, wild man. Wild man. And uh, the, the, the officer steps up and he says, uh, you know, he says, boy, you know, he says, tell me what, what do you mean? And the guy, the, the, the boy says, and he says his lips were trembling and he just could say, all he could say was, wild man. So anyway, the superintendent, like, jumps up, well, he quizzes the boy some more, jumps up, goes outside, and uh, he says to the boy again, he says, uh, you know, what did you see? What did you see? And again, the memorable words that he uttered were, Wild man, yes sir, in the woods, all shirt and boots and hat and long hair, and he dances and makes funny noises, sir. That's my best, like, Oliver mm. voice, you know? Yeah, Oliver. Yeah. Have some more. Yeah. Please, sir. Please, sir, can I have more? The policeman forthwith summoned his subordinates and they conferred together, extracting as much intelligence from the juvenile informant as they could. Uh, the mysterious individual was not to be easily dismayed as even the efforts to pay return to the visit. Oh, he paid. Yeah. So, yeah. So they was trying to get as much information out of them. And eventually someone else reports that this creature has been seen on the golf links right. again by another group of ladies. So they get there straight away. And two gallant members of uh, male, sorry, two gallant male members of staff pursue the beast or the man as they think it is. And um, even though they exerted themselves to the utmost, they failed to overtake the fugitive, catch up with him as he scaled the precarious slopes with almost superhuman speed. Again, this comes up in modern day cases. Absolutely. And scurried through the undergrowth with ease. He climbed trees and swung himself from branch to branch with the agility of a monkey while the pursuers looked on and amazed at the creature with a tangled mass of hair clambering swiftly through the almost impenetrable recesses of the woods. Needless to say, at 
Needless to say, he outdistanced his pursuers and the male golfers returned to the village pondering over what they had seen. Now, this goes on for a few weeks where a number of people in the village actually see this creature. One guy walks up on him while he's taking a siesta by the river. Yeah. Uh, and as soon as he says, here's this guy, he springs up, runs, retreats to the wood line. And the guy said he could see him looking at him from the wood line, but he wouldn't emerge back out of it. And again, remember, they're still thinking it's some sort of tramp or homeless person, uh, you know, or maybe mentally ill person. Another tradesman sees him. And again, he sees him actually, uh, looks like he was bathing himself in the river. Right. And again, the townspeople didn't take too kindly to this because that river was actually what they was drinking. Um, you know they've got nice water around there, aren't they? Uh, yeah. Derby and that. Oh yeah, you can you can buy it bottled, can't you now? Buxton water. water. Yeah, yeah. Well, you think so? You can imagine. Is it, is it, is it like water or is it just tap water? Well, I don't know. It tastes well, nice though. But anyway, so, so they water, they then uh, no, not tap water, Buxton water. Yeah, okay. So uh, yeah, this episode, in case you didn't know, is sponsored by Buxton Water. Get it now. Yeah, well. <laughs> the elixir of life. <laughs> but um, anyway, so. Uh, they see him dipping in there, not too happy about that. So again, they they amass. Uh, but the only thing they ever saw of him after that was they found a tree structure with what seemed to be the remnants of a fire underneath it. And again, this tree structure looks identical to what people see today. Yeah. You know, like the little teepee-style tree structure. Ones, yeah. Um, they also saw flickering lights at the descent, the, the, on the highest point in the mountains, uh, hills there. And they thought that this was the... Uh, wild man using fire as a comfort. Yeah. Um, again, like I say, in modern day sightings, people see these flickering lights and it just so happens that these flickering lights are in areas where Bigfoot's seen. And so you get people uh, assuming that Bigfoot's somehow related to aliens or UFOs. Well, we've had a few cases that, you know, we've had a few people... Yeah, for uh, me... I, mark upon them, these lights. I think the lights are there for the same reason Bigfoot is. Uh, you know whether it's energy related or whatever it is, but well, they, they seem to in, they seem to you know inhabit the same areas. I don't, they're not they're not related. Bigfoot and the lights not related. They're only related via the you know the the, the place they occupy, if you like. I like that story on Sasquatch Chronicles. Um, that late that guy came on and. But just to say on this lady. story that that was all they never yeah. they never caught the guy. Yeah. And that's all they saw <coughs> them lights and the tree structure, and then he just seemed to disappear. So but maybe he knew his numbers up and moved on. Possible, they they did move. I think it was that not and that um, Sasquatch Chronicles um, that story of the guy who talked to that old lady, didn't he, on the on their ranch, and she was she's been dealing with Bigfoot for poof, many many years. Oh, she was babysitting them, babysitting the small ones. Yeah, and and I think she said, didn't she say Just to him, let me, uh, "Open this bird." Yeah, okay, yeah. Um, I think she said to this uh, this this gentleman, you know, that uh, at a certain age, they. Uh, the beings come from, don't they? Or oh, the aliens come from? The aliens come out of certain. Is it, uh, is it te- when they when they hit the teenage years, maybe the teenage. You know, when they, they, before, it was just the males that they took, wasn't it? Just the no, yeah. no, no females, just males. So possible could they could be the lights? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not really sure on that one. It's uh, again, it's it's quite spooky. Uh, but the lights do these lights do play a part in most of these stories, don't they? Yeah. Uh, I've got one here from. Uh, the beautiful uh, place of Somerset in England. Um, this time, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, East, um, Somerset has been the scene of several sightings. One occurred in a quarry and one other in the barrows where 
what was described as a large, crouching, man-like form covered in dark, matted hair and with pale, flat eyes were seen. The area around the Smitham Hill in Somerset had also been the site of a number of such encounters. For example, many years ago, the area, which is now abandoned, was linked to tales of strange beasts seen watching the miners. Sometimes on returning to work on the morning, the men would find the carts and equipment had been pushed over and things were thrown around during the night. But these things, whatever they were, are still seen in that area today, or at least as late as November 1993. This is a, an exact quote from a witness whose case is in my files. He's, he quotes, I was on a walk through the woods when I heard a twig snap. I thought nothing of it and continued on. Suddenly the dogs became very agitated and they ran off home. At this point, I became aware of a foul smell like a wet dog. Now, we've heard that. Yep. Times we've heard that, Lee. Yep. Met time and time again, okay? Uh, yes, again. At this point, I became aware of a foul smell like a wet dog and a soft breathing sound. I started to run, but only after a few feet, I tripped and fell. I decided to turn and meet my pursuer, only to see a large, about seven feet tall, dark brown, hairy, ape-like man. It just stood about ten feet away, staring at me. It had intelligent-looking eyes and occasionally tilted its head as if to find out what I was. After about twenty seconds, it moved off into the forest. Now that again... Raw that that smell, that kind of rotten smell, mm, yeah. horrible first smell, that wet dog, dog. Wet dog, yeah. Yeah, again, that goes because we're dogman, don't it? But uh, you know, you see, again, you know, this is something that just can't be explained. This uh, this takes place in Ireland, just to show that you know it is right yeah, across yeah. the UK, all over the UK. I mean, so we've had Norway in the UK, and yeah, of course, Ireland. We, yeah. I've got yeah. a good story from Scotland, but I think like, again, we'll do that on another show. Yeah, definitely, but. Might just do Scotland in general, like a Bigfoot and maybe yeah, UFO yeah, or something like that. Yeah, but definitely big in there, mate. Like, most like Wales will be big as well, wouldn't you? Wales is vast. Oh, yeah. There's, there's cases from Wales as yeah. well. But this takes place in the uh, Marble Arch Caves, uh, Global Geopark, Big Dog Forest, it's called. And again, it's it's only a, it's a thousand hectares in size, Ooh. and it's mainly full of conifers. But this guy was walking along. And he's actually taken a photograph of it. It's a 20-foot-tall tree that's uprooted and then stuck in top first into the ground. So the root ball's in the air. And again, you know, the explanations for this are weather. You know, weather did it. Now, I just don't know. And again, he says this. He says, uh, described, it's described as being 20 feet in length. Uh, the, the tree root system is where the canopy should be. Is this weather? Does anybody have any explanation for this? Uh, what would do the, What would cause the tree to be inverted like this? And again, you know, I can post a picture to the hangout. Yeah. Put it on the website. I put this article on the website if you want to read it. But um, you know, this is something that Deborah Hatswell shared with me. How how does a tree end up like that? And again, you know, weather help will never do anything like that. Never. No, I can't never even see a hurricane doing no that. Chance. No way. There ain't that away. many hurricanes in Ireland anyway. Why would it turn up? I mean, to me, that's that's a marker, just some it's kind of something, marker, it? something to 
say, look, I'm here. But again, you know, this lose. tree bears no rope marks. Nope. Um, no axe marks. No. So, you know, if, if, you, if you're looking at people doing this, a 20-foot tall tree is going to no have some no weight behind it. No chance. Uh, to, to, no to turn that, that round no. and stick it into the ground no. To, no. enough to make it protrude like if that. The world's head. strongest man could even do that. No chance. No, I think this is a picture you need to see. Yeah. Um, and again, you know, if you've got any ideas what could cause this or you've seen something similar and you know what causes it, because we had that with that uh, break that we found, didn't we? Yeah. You know, we found a break in Willingham Woods. And again, there was no other marks on the tree. This was just snapped seven feet up in the air. And um, what got me want the break? It was a twist. Yeah, that and got it, me. It's just something that we're gonna we're gonna recreate, aren't we? We're yeah, we can do. Yeah, we're gonna do, do a we're, video. We're gonna do some documentary soon, anyway. Yeah. So we are so gonna do that. You know, we'll, we'll put that up on our YouTube channel so you can see us try and replicate that. Yeah, there's another one here, mate. It was midway through 1979. Okay. When the woods of Brassknocker Hill. Now this is near the English oh, city of Bath. I mean, I've been to Bath. Brassknockers. Yeah, Brassknockers. Well, I don't know where you got the name from. But, <laughs> Sounds like someone. Uh, uh... Could be a Douglas Bank. I don't know, mate. <laughs> uh, but anyway, Bath's beautiful. By the way, you've been to Bath, haven't you? Beautiful place. Beautiful city. Never and, been. Never been. It's been. I've like, had oh, a bath. Well, yeah, but I mean, once. Uh, well, I've been because I, I delivered there around there. Anyway, anyway. Uh, um, yeah. um, I would like to go. I know, but what what puts me off is. The baths were for just men, weren't they? Yeah, women were. Well, um, again, it's, it's, it's so I'm not. It made, you know, it's been before like the 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 Roman royals is yeah, wanted. Yeah, yeah. like if, the, you know, at least a few ladies there. Well, most likely did have a few. It's like not. It's not like a bath bath. Is it? It's like an all day event. Isn't well, it? again, you, you would have thought maybe it would have been a few orgies there. Now, yeah, exactly. Especially the Romans. Well, the Romans. You know, well, the Romans. Yeah. Right? Not the when flight. in Rome. When in Rome. Yeah. Anyway. This city, uh, this place, Brassnogger Hill, Maybe became a beacon it. for high strangeness. In July of that year of 1979, Ron and Betty Harper discovered that something powerful and unknown had torn the back of their old oak tree, that the local animal population, include, including squirrels and birds, yeah. seemed to have curiously fled the area. Now, we have this all the time, don't we? And where, where, where was this? Sorry, I didn't This is in... Um, oh, Bath, you said, didn't you? Yeah. yeah so, again, it. you know, when people... Because, like, if you mention this, first people are going to say is bear. A bear did it. Bear. We just don't have bears We in don't have bears in this country. Don't have bears. We have Pardon? I mean, I mean, we've got squirrels, we've got badgers. And they are ripping got, back off trees. Got no chance, good when they're raw. good. Yeah, yeah, possible. Uh, but these, apparently these animals just disappear. Mm. It's scary. Well, again, obviously, yeah. I mean. That happens, yeah. Anyway, um, the scientists began to surface of something prowling the area by both by day and night. Whatever the creature was, it was variously described as resembling a large chimpanzee or a gibbon or a baboon or a large spider monkey. Mm. A, lim- a lemur, or even a bear. Again, we don't. We haven't got bears. Lemur, you mean uh, lemur? Lemur. Sorry, sorry, lemur. Yeah. Um, like, sort of out of space, lemur. Lemur. <laughs> no, the lemuria. Going to be oh, no, yeah. lemur was actually ancient city on on this, this planet. No, uh, anyway, eighty year, eighty one year old Brassknocker Hill resident <laughs> Frank Green. So he's, he's knocking on a few years. Brassknocker. He took up a shotgun vigil and said, "I am very fond of some animals, but I reckon this creature could be dangerous." And I'm taking no chances. Right, right? Yeah. gets his shotgun out. Yeah, he got his shotgun. Serious. Eighty-one years old. Yeah, he's not taking any chances. This guy. Anyway, by the following summer, the mystery seemed to have been solved. A policeman caught sight of what was said to be a large chimpanzee in the woods. 
We were sure this mystery creature would turn out to be a monkey of some sort, said Inspector Mike Price. After all, men from Mars aren't hairy, are they? But rumours of strange activities at Brasnocker Hill persisted. And although five years later, another weird animal was seen in the area, it turned out to be a pet llama that had escaped from a local paddock. Mm. The mystery of a large chimpanzee seen back in 1979 was never resolved. Indeed. And that's from the Redfern stuff, isn't it? Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Again, you know, this this quietness, the animals disappearing, everything going so, so quiet. Again, you know, that quiet. pops up in today's... Pops up all the time. Accounts, yeah. All the time. We've, even people have had accounts where animals have run to them. Yeah. Because it's like the better of two evils. Yeah. Well, um, you stay with them, they're dead. Come yeah. to us, they're dead. But well, it's especially like, Hunter. Yeah. yeah but they, actually, I mean. they actually run to Hunters because it's the better of two evils at that point. I wonder why. That's how scared they are. Um, you think we'll run... You know, dare just runs up to you, but... I've got one here, like... Uh, and again, this is from Shropshire... Oh my, yeah, my, my favourite country. Uh, and again, you know, there's a lot of things going on there. As, yeah, there's know, a lot as, of films. We, we, we know there's yeah, lots of things. We're going to go into it at some yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. This one's called The Shropshire Canal Monkey Man. And you can, this is on the UK Wildman blog, uh, blogspot if you want to okay. check it out. But this takes place, like I say, in uh, West Midlands, UK. So all Birmingham. Birmingham. Yeah. So uh, there is a pub in Smithwick, is it? Smithwick? Smithwick, yeah. Yep, Smithwick, and uh, it's just outside Birmingham in the West Midlands, England. And the pub's called the Blue Gate. And late one night, a gentleman was driving his pony and trap on Rolfe Street, Smithwick. And he was driving along, thinking of home, when he heard some strange noises coming from behind him. It was at this moment... And without warning, when suddenly a weird-looking animal leapt out at him, he fought it off with his horsewhip after a struggle. The man rushed home and told his tale of the black beast that attacked him to his wife and neighbours, at which point the neighbour said, "'Twas the monkey man. Twas always been by the big bridge." And so the monkey man legend began. The creature, it is claimed, was killed, placed in a glass case and displayed in the Blue Gate pub on Rolfe Street for some time, where the locals dubbed it Old Ned's Devil. Sadly, however, this mystifying specimen apparently vanished years ago and nothing more is known of it. Oh, well. So, just gone. It's disappeared. No. It doesn't say how it was killed, does it, but... Right, I've got one here. This is from February the 19th, 1998. I I would like to recount the tale of a sighting made by myself some weeks ago while walking my dog on the evening of Sunday, the January the 25th, on the road of Beckhamet towards the A595. This is um on the this this past what past the woods. Um, I was starting to get dark. Sorry, it was starting to get dark, so my visibility was not that good. But as I walked past the woods, I heard the snapping of branches. Again, we have this yep. all the time, don't we? Anyway, thinking that it was a deer or another animal, I stopped to try and see what it was. Looking through the trees, I noticed a large creature covered in sort of ginger brown hair 
that seemed to be drinking from a pond about 150 metres into the woods. As the lighting was getting bad, I was straining to make out what the animal was, but as I stopped and stared, it appeared to see me, at which point it reared up onto its hind legs and made off slowly further into the woods. I would estimate its height went upright to be approximately 6 feet and 6 inches, and its weight to be around 14 stone. This was not a man, as it was naked except for its covering of hair. Also, it was not a deer as it made off on its hind legs. After the sighting, I rushed home in Beckhamet and told my wife what I'd witnessed. Let me assure you that this is not a hoax. I was going to report the incident to the police, but my wife persuaded me not to for fear of ridicule. I have lived in Beckhamet for seven years and walked past these woods almost every day and have never witnessed anything like it before or since. Mm. So, But again, you know, <clears throat> it is one of them things, and I think it's maybe more prevalent here in the UK where people just don't talk about this no. kind of stuff, do they? No, they don't. They don't want to be ridiculed, do they? they want to be... I mean, Phil says it, doesn't he, on uh, Scared, Scared yeah. Podcast. He always say, like, people will say to him, um, paranormal what you what you doing the paranormal for and he'll say because there's so much, many stories and the people say oh it's all bollocks that paranormal and that and he says so you've never seen anything and they'll say nah it's all bollocks and he says so you, nothing strange ever happened to you well there was this one time yeah. and then they'll tell yeah, us you know what I mean but, yeah. it's, but you know they've already said now a couple of times now it's it's bollocks it's, done it, it's yeah. all made up it's rubbish and all that then they've got some and uh, I don't know whether it's just the British attitude well, it is the uh, British. But I think it's everywhere. It's all. I think it's global. Mm. You know, because I think these creatures uh, or beings or what they are, what they are. I mean, they're all over the earth. They're no, I don't mean that. Place. I'm talking about just the attitude towards. Yeah, uh, I mean, actually, tell if you know, because I mean, I hear like, uh, and I presume America's similar, where people actually take this stuff to the grave. Custom. And never yeah. ever tell anybody yeah. because of the, yeah. because of the the ridicule aspect of it. Custom. So you know, if we're getting this many stories, how many stories are actually out there? I mean, I was just looking today, and there's someone saw um, a Bigfoot or a black creature running across a, you know, the field, mm. just on the eighty fifteen over here. Yeah, uh, they just pulled up in a layby for a quick signing or whatever. Mm. Uh, that's a sandwich. Yes, yeah, uh, to a sandwich. Americans. Yeah, or, or a butty. Yeah, butty. Whoever you are. Yeah. I mean, even we get confused, don't we? Because we have fish and chips, and, yeah, fish uh, and chips. Yeah. Uh, if you go, you know. Because we have a chip, but here we say chip butty, don't chip we? Chip butty, yeah, it's and, a and, uh, poor man's food, isn't it? It's a butty. Uh, that's what you call it, in, in, it's a poor man's meal, it's fish and chips. And a butty consists of basically, ch- oh no, again, Americans don't know what chips are, do they? Because that's crisp well, to French them, isn't it? fries, aren't yeah, they? French, fries. Yeah, what you fries. say, French fries, yeah. yeah. Um, so, we, so we have that in, uh, in a bread bun. Um, so it's a chip butty. But if you go around the country, you, see, you go in a chip shop and say, can I just have a chip butty? And they're like, what? And you're like, a chip butty? You mean a pancake? Yeah. You know? Or a bun. Or a, a scotty. Butty. Yeah. Because yeah. we have yeah. like 10 different names for a bun in this country. So. Years ago, when I was little, it was a good chip shop. Chip butty, you know, bums. Here I go, here you go. They knew them. They can't knew beat it. a chip butty. You can't. It's amazing. Salt and vinegar, tomato no, sauce. No salt and vinegar, just loads of butter with loads of chips in. Absolutely fantastic for a cup of tea. Yeah. So if, you're, if you're thinking about coming to the UK... You want come, a chip butty? Make sure you come and make sure you go to the coast. Don't just go to London. No. 
no, you know no. don't just go there go go the somewhere where there's a coast sample the local fish and chips yeah and get your center chip boy chip boy can't beat it <laughs> but um anyway so like i said we'll leave it there because yeah i think that scottish one we might do on a separate episode because i think we want to tie it in with some other stuff that's going on in scotland yeah definitely just to make it a bit more yeah uh thingy so we'll leave it there but um you know sorry we didn't put out an episode last Again, week. Again, it's my fault because uh, I was playing hopscotch with a uh, stump and I lost and uh, I've been in pain. Um, ho- I'm on the mend now, so hopefully things are back to normal. Mm, well. Normal uh, will resume, hopefully. Indeedy. So um, that being said, we will see you next week. If you get chance, please leave an iTunes review. Yes, or, please. Or any review. If, yep. if whatever podcast app you listen to lets you leave a review, leave a review. And if, if you, you And if you do... Let me know because yeah. obviously I've only got I've only used the Apple one, so yeah. you use Stitcher, don't you? Yeah, I do. So Stitcher. that's the only two we see. So if you do leave a review elsewhere, you do need to tell us, otherwise we don't know it's there. So you know that's not a problem. Just email us or Facebook yeah. us or whatever. Any and if you have any stories of any doppelgangers, what we've uh, mentioned tonight, please just get in touch with me and Lee mm. and tell us. We'd, we'd love to find out or stories, paranormal stories yeah. from around the world. You know, news stories because obviously we do the paranormal news. We do. Um, so if you if you you get any of them stories and you think that'll be worth sharing, share it to us directly, or you can you can go on Facebook or whatever. And if you've got a story yourself and you want to share it with yep. us, share it with us. You can find all the details in the um, show notes. Yep. I know nobody reads them, but the, the details are there. Well, join us on the hangout. Come and say hello. Yeah, to us on join the us on there. We're it's not all paranormal. Just talk about any yeah, old we'll shit. Just on talk there. any shit on there. Yeah, but um. Like I say, that being said, we will see you next week. We've got a great guest coming up this week. We I won't say much, nope. much more. It's a very say interesting no story, though. Yeah, fantastic. Um, so hopefully, fingers crossed, that goes through and you'll yeah, get that next week. We've got some so. great guests coming on. Uh, but, yep, thank you very much. And uh, sorry for the delay, but we will see you, fingers crossed, and tree stumps uh, yep. I'll Next time, I'll, uh, I'll look where I'm going next time. <laughs> so, uh, okay. See yeah. you on the other side. Bye now. Take care. Well, they've gone. No, just for now. It wasn't the right time for us to meet. But there'll be other nights, other stars for us to watch. They'll be back. <laughs> <laughs>